You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Let, let me start with a, with a word of prayer. Lord, we just uh, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for uh, allowing us to be here today. I thank you that we get to to meet. We live uh, in a city that has allowed us to meet, um, and so we just, we just thank you for that. We thank you that we can be here this morning. We just thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're building and all that you're preparing for us and allowing us to be a part of. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, this is a bit of an odd Sunday for me. It's, it's not odd for you, or shouldn't, maybe it's odd for you personally, but it's, it's odd for me because, like Sarah said, we don't have service. We don't have an in-person service on December 27th. Uh, it's that, that's the last Sunday of 2020, and, and we won't be meeting in here. And so we did that pre-recorded live stream yesterday. So it's an interesting thing to prepare a sermon four weeks in advance while also preparing a sermon that's starting to build towards that sermon that's four weeks in advance, and then deliver the one that's four weeks in advance before I start the first step. Uh, it was odd, but it was, it was also really cool. It was, a, it was a ton of fun. I personally don't take offense to this, but I really like preaching to an empty room. I really like it. It's very freeing. Um, not that you guys do it intentionally, but sometimes you're not fun to look at. I love you, but sometimes I'm getting the, or the, <laughs> so that camera is nice. That camera is always looking at me. He's very attentive. It's really cool. Um, but also it's very exciting for me. I was so excited yesterday in recording that service because so much of what the Lord, when we started to see, personally for me, when I started to see what the Lord had spoken to be in 2019, when he said, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm building, I started to see that, and I saw it first during that time of quarantine in our homes. That's where I began to see the fruit of what the Lord said he was going to do this, and I began to see it in those moments. And then he has also spoken so much of, of what it is to not just gather in this building. He's, he's restructured to us what it is to meet as a church and to be the church, And what it is, and what is actually happening when the children of God simply gather in his name, whether that's just your family at your home, or whether that's in here, and what can happen when the presence of God is in your home, and it's affecting your neighborhood, and it's spreading to your your neighbor's houses, And, and that looks more like the church, right? It's the body of Christ living and active, not the body of a building, Right? We were living and active, and we didn't need to be here for the Lord to continue to move through us. And so I love that, and I love that we get to finish our year in our homes. I love that to conclude this year, which has been a year, and it's been, there's not a person in this room that has not been affected significantly by this year. There's not a person listening to to the streaming service online that hasn't been affected by this year. That streaming service exists because of the chaos of this year. 
It, was, it, it wasn't just a cool idea anymore. It became a necessity. We had to have it. We had to do it because there are so many that would not be able to be here for a period of time. So I'm excited for us to gather in our homes once again. But anyways, preparing for this, very exciting to see the steps that the Lord has for the next few weeks leading to this service, starting, starting with today. It's very interesting to see a new perspective of how good God is, how true God is, and that God is moving. And just this reminder that He wants to bring us along with Him. I want, I want to say that again. The Lord wants to bring you along with him in what he's doing. He wants to use you. Think about that. If you just ask yourself, do I actually believe in God? If the answer is yes, and you can believe all the things that God has done and he's doing and he's done in this book, now think of that simple fact that he wants to use you now. That's crazy to me. Of all people. Of all people, I know that's a, uh, a common thought that a lot of people have. Of all people, why, why me? You know, I got to do a wedding yesterday. Uh, a sh- a kind of a shotgun wedding, not really. They wanted to get married. They didn't need to get married, but they wanted to, and the time was right. And like, let's just go for it. And so I, I didn't even know the bride until I met her for the first time when we were standing at the altar getting ready to do the service. She walked down the aisle with her dad, and it's like, Hi. My name's Parker, I'm going to do your service today. But it was so awesome to see how the Lord is moving, how he wants to use us, how he wants to bring us along, how he wants to do these great and mighty things through us. And he, he just wants to use you. And that's exciting to me. He wants to use you. He wants you to be a part. He wants you to get to see this life and what he's doing. Go ahead and turn to Ephesians 4.25, and at the same time, once you get Ephesians 4.25, also get John 3.33. I'm going to hit those quickly, but I'm trying to be polite so that if you want to read along in your own Bible, you can see it. You guys know that if there's scripture, I'm normally, because I've got it marked, I've got a cheat sheet, I've got little paper clips marking where it is, I like to get to it and read it so we can keep going. While you're turning there, what he has consumed me with for today comes from this urgency that I feel from him that there is such urgency to prepare for 2021. And not, not in the sense that it's going to be a, well, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to be a crazier year, a simpler year. I don't know that. But I do know that the urgency in which the Lord is moving is not just going to stop. Does that make sense? The Lord is not in the business of going back. The Lord is doing a new thing. He's moving in a new way. He's not just going to slow down and quit. We're ramping up into something and we can feel that. We can, you can see that. If you, if you look outside, you can feel the swell into something. And so all that is in front of us, I just simply ask you, are you ready? Are you ready for what comes next? Ephesians 4, 25, this is what he's had on my mind all week. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. I I love that. 
We are members one of another. Speak truth with your neighbor. It doesn't say speak truth with believers. It says speak truth with your neighbor. Whoever your neighbor is at any given moment, make sure that you are speaking truth with them. One of the fascinating things about getting to do that wedding yesterday that the Lord just hit me with as I was standing there uh, doing the vows is look at all the crazy things that brought us to this moment. Like, I, I didn't even know the couple till the wedding ceremony. They were a friend of Zach's. Zach didn't even know the, the bride. He just knew the guy. Like, hey, you know anybody that can do a wedding? I know a guy. And there I was. But also recognizing at the same time all of the crazy circumstances that brought those two together. But for us to find ourselves there at that moment, there's such a need for us to recognize the significance of each moment that we're given. Because that moment will not exist again. You will not exist again. In all, for all of eternity, you will not be again. There will never, never be another version of you, another one of you. And we find ourselves here at this time in this place. For all of time, and as long as the body of Christ has existed and will exist into eternity, you find yourselves members of one another in 2020. Why? Why you here now? In that question, you don't need to be able to say, oh, I know exactly why I'm here. You don't know what's going to happen each and every day. You can know your purpose and you can know the destiny for which the Lord has for you, but we, don't, we can't fully answer that question why because we don't have the mind of God. But in asking that question, what I want it to bring is a sobering reality to us that the person sitting next to me, the person I work with the most, the person I go home with, the person uh, that I'm going to talk to on the phone, the person that lives next door to me, is there, and I just happen to find myself right next to him, knowing what I know about God, believing what I believe about God, believing that God is true, having the opportunity to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and be overshadowed by the presence of the Most High, as it says in Luke 1. We get to be that right now to the people around us, and you are the only one that gets to be that to them in that place. That's crazy. But to think that you just existed there by happenstance is crazy. The Lord puts you there to be a member one of another, to speak truth to your neighbor. And I, I don't say this to, to, I really don't say this to humble you. I say this to elevate you in your own mind. That the Lord, the God of eternity, the creator of the universe, picked you out of his heart and placed you here now. You. You are significant. But we are made to be members one of another. Now look at John 3, 33. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. 
Whoever receives his testimony, we must receive this testimony. We talked about it last week. We must believe that God is true. We must receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit as we saw Mary do it. And we must be overshadowed by the presence of the Most High. And now we know that everything we desire to see corporately must first happen individually. But what I really want to focus on this morning and and looking at the fact that we are members one of another, what the Lord wants us to address this morning. And now recognize there are four Sundays left in this year. There are just four of 2020. And then we're past it. We're into something new. The Lord is still doing what he's doing. He's still building what he's building, regardless of the date, regardless of the year. But he's doing it. All that to say, though, is he is bringing our attention to these specific things for specific purpose. Everything we desire to see corporately must first happen individually. But there is a difference between the individual in the kingdom of God and the individual in the world. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. In the world, it is taught. And we've seen this. We've, we've talked about this. Why, why anxiety runs rampant in our world. Why it runs rampant in, 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 our, in our children. I was talking to a kid who just, he just moved here. I was talking to him, a student. And talking about anxiety and medication and just gave him a number of a rough estimate about how many are estimated to have anxiety issues and be on medication in West Texas. And he thought, he's like, oh man, maybe 20, 30. Like, no, thousands, thousands, thousands. So much so that it's a joke now on social media because it's just the norm for them. It's just the normal behavior. And all of that to say, the reason that exists, that anxiety exists, is because in the, in the world, individuality is taught that we are a member to no one but ourselves. Be loyal to nobody else but yourself. Be true to you. That's why we can't give kids any kind of guiding light on, on finding who they are, because it's like, oh, well, my truth is not your truth, because it's relative. And that's the same with individuality in the world. Who you are is relative to how you feel. We are our own body. It's our own life. And we are looking out for only ourselves. That's the individuality of the world. But this is the kingdom paradigm. If we see individuality in the kingdom and individuality in the world, what does it look like? It looks like individuality in the world totally flipped upside down. And that's the kingdom paradigm because it's completely opposite of the world. Now look at... 1 Corinthians 12. This is a popular passage. Um, this is talking about the body, the body of Christ. I, you know, if you know me, you know that I love this passage because that's what I studied in school. I studied the body. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I love, the, I love the way the Lord used it to describe how we are connected to one another. He's brilliant. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 
For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We are individual members of one body, but unfortunately, the church has adopted the world's standards for the individual and not Christ's standards for the individual. Now turn to 1 Peter 5. It'll be in verse 8. It'll be on your... On the screens. Uh, Verse 8. Be sober minded. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He is devouring the individual. He is devouring the individual. Tell me about what the world standard of individuality has done to the benefit of the individual. Or do you just see a lot of individuals drowning? With no direction, with no purpose. And unfortunately, the church has said, yeah, we'll take that. Because what you can find there, when we adopt that as the church, is that I can come to church, check it off the list, and then I can go Monday through Saturday, do whatever I want, however I want, with whoever I want, do whatever I want to do, live to the standard I want to live to, and then on Sunday, I'll go to church and I'll do the Lord's thing. I'll sing little songs. I'll, you know, and then I'm done. And I've done it. Tell me that's not the model for the current church. Because with all the churches, think about the churches within 100 miles of this place right now. Do you know how many there are? There's a lot. There's a lot. Drive on 303 to level in. How many churches are you going to pass before you get to the first stoplight? Yeah. Where are they? Now, I'm not trying to belittle. I'm not trying to dog anybody. But I'm trying to bring a recognition to us that we have adopted world standards. And it has proven us in ineffective because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour and he sets up his prey to be devoured his whole plan his whole plan we know this his whole plan is to speak to you in a moment of trauma most of the time as a child and he sets you up to be devoured the rest of your life He sets you up with this inability to actually hear and receive truth about who you are because you've signed your name to this document about who he says you are. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of you are here in this building on Sunday morning because you had a conversation like that with Randy. All of it is designed to isolate you. All of it. 
Every teaching we find in the world, every one of them, will bring you to one place, solitude. You will be on an island alone. Anything that the, the enemy seeks to establish in you, all of it is meant to separate you from the body of Christ. Because this finger can do a lot of great stuff. This one finger. It can do great things. Type on a keyboard, type on a phone, poke stuff, tickle my kids, make things go boom. You cut that off, you lay it right there on the floor, how effective is it? It's an individual member disconnected from the body. What can it do? It can't do anything. It can do nothing. If we are members one of another, then what power do the members have if we're cut off from the body? But, are we not those set free? Are we those that have been set free? I don't want to embarrass anybody by any means, but if you have gone through deliverance with anyone, if you have had any kind of identity conversation with anyone, Randy, myself, somebody else, stand up. If you haven't talked with some of these people, but now this question that I've had in me for years, you that know truth, we that know truth, because I've sat in that office, I've cried those tears, I've used that Kleenex box on his desk, I've been subject and victim to the great big whiteboard and seen my life picked apart with a marker, and in about 30 seconds, I've seen it, years of trauma, he's just like, got it, one page, we're done. Now, my question is this. This is a question that I've had in me for a long time, ever since the moment the Lord started introducing me to these, introducing me to these things. It's a guiding question for me to this day. You who have been set free, who is influencing who? We who have been set free, who is influencing who? You can sit down. Thank you for standing and indulging me there. We live in a world that needs to be influenced by the children of the Most High. But unfortunately, the children of the Most High have been influenced by the trauma of the world around them. That cannot be. That cannot be anymore. We do not need a 2021, we do not need a yet another year full of the children of God falling victim to the things of the world instead of the things of the world falling victim to the things of God. It is, can you tell me that it's not time for things to change? Goodness. I, I've like deleted all social media because I can't get on, it's so depressing. I told you this, I, and I didn't know why I told you this last week, but I did. But I, it's, it's to the point where I can't even watch shows anymore. It's hard to watch a TV show because if there's hurt and pain, I'm sitting there trying to run through deliverance with them. Like, oh, sweetheart, just come to my office. I'll get the whiteboard out and we'll go to work. 
But it's even to the point where you see the trauma of a false identity in the writing of a fictional story. What? These people that will knowingly reject God are writing about the trauma that God is seeking to set them free from. The world needs the children of the Most High to influence them. How we do that, so simple. The Lord says, go, do not leave. He's talking to the disciples. He said, but first, take care of the house of Israel. Take care of those that are right next to you. Speak truth to your neighbors first. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, the first picture we have of the church didn't say anything about a mission trip. Now, I'm not dogging those things. Obviously, we're to go and make disciples of all nations. But what did they do? Did it say that they, they went out and they did community outreach? Like, you know what? Let's have a, let's have a, a bake sale or, or a, I don't know, some weird Christian thing. I don't know. That's not what they said. They were members one of another, and they pursued the Lord together, and that mystery brought people, and it says in 47 that the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. They walked in obedience, regardless of the consequences around them, not caring about what the Lord was going to do. They just knew the Lord was going to do something. I'm not worried about the result. I'm just going to do what he said to do and I'm going to be done with it and I'm going to be joyful in it and I'm going to do it with my brother right next to me. I'm going to walk as a member one of another with this person. I'm going to pursue the Lord together. I'm going to break bread together and in that the world around them changed. They were a mystery. Jew and Gentile together. Pursuing the Lord together. We must live as members one of another. We must create the mystery. John 13, 35. Or 34 and 35. Sorry, Sarah. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We've been talking a lot about creating the mystery, being a mysterious people. We talked about being overshadowed by the presence of the Most High, receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We talked about it last week. This, these words create the mystery. A people that love one another as Christ first loved them. This is the last commandment he gives. And he speaks every word with intention and purpose. And we see the evidence of it and we can't even argue with that. We see the evidence immediately. He goes, he sends the helper, and what's the first thing that people notice? They have love for one another. And then they associate him with Jesus, those people with Jesus, because of their love for one another. 
So I said this earlier. This is a stepping stone to what the Lord is building us up into for 2021. He asked me this question before, really before he started to release the words. And you'll hear this question again in, in a few weeks. And when he asked me, um, it felt like my heart stopped. It was just one of those where it's all of a sudden I'm very awake and aware of what he's doing and what he's asking me. And it's, not, it's one of those moments where you don't answer lightly because you're kind of scared of, of, of the answer itself. But he simply asked me, Tuesday morning I'm thinking, he simply asked, are you all in? Because if there was any piece of my heart that said no, I was not going to get what he had to release. He won't release it. We have to be all in because the Lord is not in the business of going back. He's not in the business of slowing down. If we're made for an ever-increasing glory, then we've got to recognize that this year is just building into something. If the Lord is on the move, it's not just going to go back to the way things used to be. The Lord is going to keep moving. But one of the things that has to be established in us, it has to be established in us. It has to reign true about who we are. It has to be, as people look at us, this has to be the testimony that they speak of. Knowing nothing about us, they need to speak of these things, that we are members one of another. Because what the Lord has for us next is impossible without a unified body of Christ. But the thing is, however many churches there are around us, and desiring for there to be one body of Christ in West Texas, where does it have to start? The words are being spoken in here, so it starts in here. We must be members one of another. Because who I am is impossible without you being who you are. If I'm this finger, I need the rest of that hand. I need the rest of that arm. I have unlimited potential in the identity the Lord has given me because of you walking in the identity the Lord has given you. But we only see that. We see that in our children. When children... That these innocent children that know nothing but yes and amen, when they come and they're surrounded by a people that only know who the Lord has called them to be, only live according to that and are members one of another, what do you think just flows out of them? Their identities. And they can never go, they could go their entire lives never doubting that only knowing that that's that is fuel for me fuel for me that a generation would only know God think about the trauma in your life those that stood think about what what you had to get written up there on that white piece of paper think about those three columns and you're talking about all this hurt in your story now imagine a kid that never has to know that would you do anything for it well, I'm telling you, I would. And it's real simple. Love one another as Christ first loved you. Be members one of another. Receive fully what God has for this house so that the houses around us could receive fully what God has for them. 
but it's got to start somewhere, so let's start here. This is a stepping stone into 2021, but let it be true that on January 1st, the testimony of this place that they are members, one of another. You may not believe me. I don't know how long I spoke for. It's longer than five minutes, so that's a win. Um, But over the next three weeks, we are going to emphasize worship. I'm going to keep these, this, this, the preaching time as, as small and, and little as possible. Simply because I want us to begin to intercede for this new year. I had this thought with the Lord, and I've had it for a while, and this is a familiar one, I'm sure, for a lot of you in here. But if we desire to see more of God, we've got to recognize that He requires more of us. If we want to see more of God, there's work required of us. Not just belief, there's work. We have to co-labor with Christ. And one of those things that we see at every significant moment, even in, just in America's history, every significant spiritual moment in American history started because a group of people interceded on behalf of those around them. Members one of, one of another sought the Lord passionately. And so we're going to use every time, every opportunity we can to gather and pursue the Lord in prayer and worship over the year to come. Okay? So we're going to focus on that. Like I said, the sermons won't be super long. Um, They may all be at the beginning and worship at the end. But I want us to completely sell out. That everything that the Lord has for us would be received here and we'd begin to pray it into the new year. That what he's doing could, could grow and could expand and could move just because his children are asking him to do it. And seeking him and pursuing him that he would do those things. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that we, this house, has the opportunity We have the opportunity to be members one of another. We have the opportunity to be the starting point for what you're doing next. The epicenter. Lord, let us be the epicenter. Let us be those that receive all that you have for us to receive. Let us be those that are overshadowed by the presence of the Most High. Let us be those that are members one of another. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Lord, I pray that our community would be impacted at the sound of praises to you this morning. I pray that the world around us would encounter you this morning because of the praises of those in here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.